ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another fantastical episode of Wrestling and Whatever. I'm Mikey Dangerously, and with me, as always, is Jay Glow and the Ben Wayne. How you doing, boys? What's going on? Living the dream. Living the American dream. Oh my Daddy. god, I'm Dusty Rowe, baby. <laughs> loves his son. It does. He loves both of his sons equally. And and nothing more can be said about that. Guys, how has it been in the wrestling world? Well, first and foremost, uh, I just want to get it out there. Granted, we're a little past it, but happy 316 day. Oh, goddamn, kid. Wait, is that John Laurinaitis? <laughs> yeah, you can ever tell. <laughs> oh, hey, Steve. <laughs> nice shot to get out there. Where's that Steve Weiser? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Steve. It's John Laurinaitis here. You think you could get me one of your Broken Skull IPAs? Well, goddamn, kid. No. <laughs> My next guest. <laughs> My next guest on the Take Broken the... Skull Sessions. I, have we done this uh, impression before on on the podcast? Glow does an excellent uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin like impersonation, but it's when he's hosting the Broken Skull Ranch. If you have something queued up, Jiggle, I'd love for you to throw us into it, and then just we'll end it there. Be, not end the podcast, but just end the. the <laughs> we'll end the podcast on it. <laughs> We're like two minutes in. No, I really, I really enjoy this. And if if we can get the Ben Wayne to start cracking up just in the middle of it, that would be great because I think he'll start <laughs> laughing. Have you have you watched any of the Broken Skull Ranches? Yeah, I have. So, so you mean the podcast thing? Right? Yeah, yeah. So when yeah. he when he does this, it's it's hilarious. Jiglo, why don't you give us a little bit of Stone Cold Steve Austin? My next guest, coming from Greenwich, Connecticut. He's a man I've stunned more than I've stunned anyone in my entire life. My next guest is the chairman of the WWE. My next guest <laughs> is Vince McMahon. That's just... There, there's just something about that that just kind of like there's one of those other ones that that you'll do sometimes when we're off the air where it's like he's just talking about something and then he just goes right into who his next guest is even if it's like yeah. it's an inanimate object like a steel chair he'll be at home making coffee and <laughs> yeah. then as he's making his loco coffee he's like my next guest and he'll this just is- be talking to himself in his house so you can just imagine him pouring the coffee, you <laughs> yeah. know, pouring, pouring the maple water coffee in a cup. My next guest, this light cream, I'm going to put in the cup. Oh, wait, hold on one second. Another thing I let, need to let you guys know here on the Broken Skull Sessions. I got another guest. It is uh, a Splenda. Yeah. <laughs> he adds and a Splenda. And then you, let me tell you about us digging deep in the trenches down the Monday Night Wars. And Hold on, I got this spoon I need to. Stir my coffee up a little bit here. Like he's, I can see him talking to himself. Like if he's when he, if he ever gets like dementia or anything like that, God bless the person who's got to watch him. Yeah, he'll be stunning him. That's what's gonna yeah. happen. <laughs> Did That'd you guys amazing. hear the story how he got the name Stone Cold? His wife gave it to him, right? Yeah, you know from that? his coffee. Yeah, yeah. From Deborah. <laughs> no, this was before no, Deborah. No, before Deborah. This, this before. is what Denise Williams Denise, or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Very it was precious. Freak, it's, like wasn't it? Wasn't it? Sapphire? Like that valet? No, <laughs> was it Sapphire? 
Not Sapphire. He's just guys. a copper man. <laughs> stone Cold Dusty Rhodes. It was. You better drink that coffee, or you'll be. St- it'll be Stone Cold. Who the fuck says their coffee's gonna get Stone Cold? Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like a fucking horrible name. Like a horrible story to bring it up. Like, oh, it was precious. Good. It was Lady Blossom. Excuse me. Oh, from, so uh, he was okay. Okay. WCW. Because I, I think in that, I think he just said his wife. I don't think he said who she was. It he was said his, his wife, wife at the, at the time. time. Yeah, My but wife, he... my next guest. <laughs> <laughs> the Undertaker. Oh, boy. I love those interviews with the Taker, though. They were pretty good. I like the Ric Flair one. When he did that interview oh, with God. Ric Flair, man, that was so good. good. That was good. And then even there was a recent one he did. I know the Ric Flair was a recent one. The Stone Cold or Stone Cold. <laughs> the Undertaker, he had one with himself. Um, <laughs> you know, I and I know people are probably going to say, oh, well, you know, they were just kind of like, uh, it seemed like they had a script to go off of. But when, Vin, when, uh, when Vince was on there, that was good. And then when Stephanie was on there, I thought that was good. It was just interesting. And trips. No, wait, I'm sorry. I think Stephanie was on Jericho's. Or did he have? I don't know if he Stephanie had... was on Howard Stern, and that was a really good interview too. How was that one? He told her to pull her tits out. Oh, no, I'm kidding. He shock shock. That. No, he was like asking a personal question. You could watch if you go online. You could probably even go on YouTube and check out Howard Stern's interview with Vince and with Stephanie. But they were two separate interviews, but. Hmm. You can just see how, like, Stephanie's sitting there in her interview. She's just trying to act so cool and laid back. But, bitch, you got fucking millions of dollars. You'll never, ever have to work again if you decide to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to do wrestling anymore. I'm just going to do nothing. Like, but I think that's that. I think that's in the McMahon to not be like that. I think she mm-hmm. – but it's so funny because when I uh, – She watched, said that too. When I watch that uh, uh, Paul Heyman DVD, I can't help but side with – Stephanie, because in that DV- in that DVD where it was like with Paul Heyman and stuff like that, he seemed like he was being a little like swarmy. And, and then you guys, if you know, I'm sure everybody's. I hope anyway. Anybody that's listening to these podcasts has, has at least watched some of these documentaries. If not, go out of your way too. The Paul Heyman one, any of these interviews when there's a McMahon in them, I would I would watch them. Like you could find them on YouTube. I'm sure the mm-hmm. WWE Network always had what the Bischoff one, the Heyman one. Uh, my favorite one was the Vince McMahon one. I love yeah, the Monday Night Wars it. one too. But when when Paul Heyman's one specifically, like he seemed like, but he's grown. Like he said that in his DVD too. He said he's he's been more mature now. But like when you have someone that's kind of like towing the line, you know, the company line, and being a little bit more swarmy than should be, you know, for his position. But at the same time, I think the McMahons expect a lot out of their talent, and you have to go into that like as a boss. Would you want to work? For any of the McMahons, uh, Ben, I mean, I could ask you that question first, just from the history of what you've like read and maybe watched. Would you think they'd be good bosses? I just think Vince is a very demanding boss. I don't think he's a bad boss. I mean, look at all the you know the people that he delegates authority to. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he knows how to run a ship, and it'll all be you know fucking. The premise would be money. You know, if I was mm-hmm. going to work for him or not. But, um, I mean, if you want to excel in the business, everyone knows you got to get to the WWE. It's like getting to Disney. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you're right. What about you, Jiglo? Would you want to work with any specific McMahon? Eventually, WWE is going to be Disney. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'd say be NBC Universal for damn sure. If they, you know, if that the whole thing goes through, I was one of the ones that actually signed up for that Peacock Network. So I'll see how the pay per view streams. 
with the Peacock Network and see. I think they said we're recording now. Uh, it's the sixteenth, or is it the seventeenth? We're peeling back the camera. Uh, so well, I believe it's the sixteenth. So peel that camera apart. <laughs> so on the eighteenth, supposedly, that's when all the stuff is supposed to hit the Peacock Network. Now, what all the stuff is, I don't know because okay. they do have limited stuff on there now. Go ahead, Ben. It's very limited. Um, is it? Yeah. The whole network's not going to launch back to normal until August. We're going to lose a lot of classic contents coming, ripping off. It's going to be all the pay-per-views will be up there. The WrestleManias, the Raws. A lot of shit's not going to happen until August. And I think the regular WWE Network ends on August, uh, April 1st. So after uh, that, it's fi- It's only Peacock. And man, is that going to take a hit? Because all the classic fans are going to drop off. All of them. Because yeah. all the classic stuff is gone. It's going to be out of there for until August. So to anyone listening right now that has a WWE network, make sure to fucking watch some of those matches now. Yeah. Go back and watch some old Raw's Wars. That's what I've been doing. Right now, around this time of the year, I start to watch WrestleMania's. Yeah. My favorite one being WrestleMania twelve. Is it really? Um, That's cool. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, I think it was I think it's more sentimental for me because I actually it was the first WrestleMania I actually watched live. That's cool. So, That's awesome. You know, so I yeah. What's I have up? stories about that. Um, I was at my house trying to get that pay-per-view, and I couldn't get it. So a friend, we wanted to see it really bad. So I had to go to a friend's house, take a VCR so I could actually make the master copy of WrestleMania 12. But I did it on the road because I just wanted to see that event so badly. Wow. Me too. The hype up. I remember watching Raw every night and watching the, the – I know a lot of people say, oh, it wasn't as hyped as it should have been. You know, the fucking neck beers online. I just cringe every time I see them comment about stuff but it's just like i just still take my own opinion on things and i remember just watching the build up with was it jose lothario lothario yeah was you know doing all that stuff and all the training and all the stuff those guys are doing great promos great vignettes that i really enjoyed watching and i remember watching the pay-per-view i didn't know if i was going to be watching or not but i remember going over my uncle's house and him having it and inviting us over. It was a great fucking time. And I remember watching it and specifically watching, going back now, watching the scene between Roddy Piper and Goldust. And they took the whole thing out of the OJ Simpson fucking car chase. Really? It's like, I died now looking at him like, Holy shit. I didn't even notice. It's the little things you don't notice as kids that you can see on there. But yeah, they took the whole thing out of the OJ Simpson, uh, car chase. Because if you get, if you get his, if you get his DVD, because I have Piper's DVD too, that match is still on there in its entirety, so that's good at least. But yeah, I, I don't know. I things aren't as offensive as they should be, and like you know, you could be tongue in cheek with certain things and just get away with it. You know what I mean? Like Mikey, what's your know. favorite WrestleMania? Um, it would have to be, I believe it was. You said what? What did you say, Jay Glow? It was twelve. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Was it eighteen or? 16 that was uh mcmahon versus mcmahon i think it was 17 seven that was my favorite one that one was my that one was that one was like i don't know i i couldn't i couldn't imagine that that card forming any better than the way it did that's what i tagged you in on twitter uh that was that's the consensus favorite wrestlemania from anything that you see online a lot of people will say 17 or they'll say 30 and i'm like 30 was good it had a lot of memorable things in it who was in 30 well, that was the yes, Undertaker losing. Oh, yes, Jesus. That was the Neckbeard's consensus favorite. But for the avid fans that have been watching it for God knows how long, 17 was the consensus pick. Well, one of my other favorite ones then was if I, if I want to like kind of 
avoid the curve of liking what everyone else liked. Um, <laughs> a more recent one, and that was the Cole, the, because I had the Cole and uh, King match in it, which was, I think that was 28. It was either 28. 28, 29. Yeah. I and think, th- yeah. that one, was not just because Cole and King, but uh, mainly probably because of that. But no, I mean, you know, it was, it was uh, interesting to see. Um, that was uh, Miz, right? Versus mm-hmm. John Cena. Miz's title run recently wasn't, you know, all that chalked up to be. He was a pretty good heel for the time being. And I know that was just a placeholder for Bobby Lashley to get it. So you have these two unstoppable forces going after it, which is going to be Drew McIntyre and uh, Bobby Lashley for WrestleMania. And both of them, rightfully so, getting the WrestleMania moment. But like I said, too, now Miz, when he got the belt, I looked at it and went, I don't know if he really deserved it at this time. You know what I mean? It's just I'm ha- I'm happy that he at least had two titles because he's been in the company for that long. But I know him winning it is like if our truth won the title right now. You know what I mean? Nothing against our truth having it, <laughs> but like that would be funny too if they could just do some sort of mix up with the uh, with the twenty four seven champion and just our truth thinking he won it and then just running away with it. Like that would be a cool little storyline. But I think they're doing. I, I think they're doing a good job, not to go off the tracks too much, but the publicity that that twenty four seven title is getting with bad Ben, bad bad bunny. I was gonna say bad Ben, bad bad Benny. Right? Is that who it is? It's bad Benny. Yeah, <laughs> bad, not close. Bad the Ben Wayne. <laughs> yes. yes. But but just showing up well, on SNL with it and then the Grammys. That's pretty. Well, cool. to just like give you a little tidbit, he gave it back to our truth last night. He gave it back? He just gave it back to him. Ah, he should have got He had the smoke and skull belt. R-Truth was like doing this promo like with Austin stuff. He gave Bad Bunny the smoke and skull belt and Bad Bunny gave him back to 24-7. So I don't know what's up with that. Huh, no that's interesting. No pun intended either. <laughs> I think up? they should have made Bad Bunny bloody and like just give him a little color and then, you know. Just get even out of everybody it. else got rolled up. I don't see why they just couldn't do a quick roll up on him. You know what I mean? And then just be like, oh, you know, and if that's all they're going to do with it. So still better than Drew Carey. Not better than Jay Leno, though. I think there's like, you know, with the, with the way they uh, use celebrities, I would say Jay Leno was pretty good. I think what they should have done with Our Truth and Bad Benny, Bad Bunny <laughs> oh Benny. Oh, my goodness. Bad the ben I did that on purpose, Ben. <laughs> bad uh, the Benny. <laughs> yes. Bad ben. the Benny Wayne. Uh, what they should have done is they should have had a rendition of the Grammys, Cardi B and Megan the Sally and have them just like scissor and twerk each other's like cocks and stuff on each other and then pin them that way. Girl, you is that what twerk. they did on the Grammys? They, they should scissored? have. The, apparently that's what the boomers are complaining about now, I but they, they should have done that because that would have got publicity. They should have just like, no, nah, I won't say that. But anyway, I Mike, think... you had a question for me, didn't you? <laughs> uh, Okay, did you answer it? Yeah. Uh, was it the who would you want to work with? Or who would you want to work for the McMahons? Did you answer that question? No, I didn't. Okay, would you um, want to work for the McMahons? Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely would love to work for McMahons. And I mean, you hear a lot of shit about Vince, but I would, I would eat that up. I would literally be his Bruce Pritchard. Just, no. a less, just less stout. No, I think I think what it is is I think you hear a lot of shit when it's like Carl Anderson or you know those type of guys that weren't that were getting maybe fed the wrong information to. I mean, mm-hmm. you know that whole Carl Anderson, AJ Styles, uh, Luke Gallows type situation. Again, I think Paul was just telling them what they wanted to hear so he could kind of uh, 
defuse the situation. I think he knew that he did, they didn't want to lose AJ Styles. So he was just yeah. telling AJ Styles what he needed to hear and, you know, kind of go from there. Now, like, there's other people that got shit on that they'll, you know, and then people eat that up when they want to hear that shit. Oh, Vince, you know, uh, Rusev thing, you know, oh, Vince was a horrible boss, da 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 da. da. But it's like, well, you also did just get canned by the guy and they right. probably weren't using it right. So, like, you know, maybe do your research on that type of situation. Maybe the only person in the world that might have good gripe against Vince McMahon would be um, uh, Tito San Martino. But then they they kind of... Who? Tito San Martino? The fuck is that? Wait, not Tito San Martino. Did I say Bruno San Martino? Who did I say? I was thinking of Tito... uh, Tito Santana? What, did Tito Santana and Bruno San Martino have a kid together? Wow, I had the major... I guess leave that in, folks. Bruno San Martino, yes. Wow, Tito. Who the fuck I like it? Tito, Tito San Martino more. Totally. No. <laughs> but no, I mean, there was that. And like, they didn't talk for the longest time. Wow. Fuck. I was like completely in on that name, too. What Ladies and gentlemen, Mikey Dangerously is high as a kite. I had a stroke. Well, no, what was that? See, Tito, Tito San Martino. And then uh, what was the other one? Balls. Uh, this was balls, a, balls, McGillicuddy, McGillicuddy. That's what it was. That was that was on a fucking poker night, man. You had to be what? That, that was balls, McGillicuddy, oh, and I didn't know God. where I was going with that one. I was saying that to uh, Jayglo's old man, and oh, I don't know where I was going God, with that. I'm I'm like, like I just put the, two the Vince McMahon in. of the podcast. Oh, you know, you give, didn't a, even give him a title, you, Michael. He just survived. Oh, I, no, I just, you know, I just write him down on my hand, and then it sweats, and I'm like, Wait, Mardino. Wait, Wait, who's I this guy? That, I knew it wasn't right. <laughs> At least you knew it was. Right. I definitely knew it wasn't right. I go, I don't know that one. Who's that? Yeah, who the fuck is Tito San Martino? I think I have Alzheimer's. I think that's I think what you have. I think you have mild strokes occasionally. Dressed like El Matador. <laughs> that's yeah. what. Los, that's what Los Conquistadors. This is the. This was the gimmick that Vince was trying to throw to Bruno, and Bruno, that's when it's he's like, no, nah, nah, I'm done. I'm out. I'm it's out. like I'm out. I'm out of here. You know what? Oh, to go back, back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> he's Bruno San Martino's got a lot of good stories about the Holocaust, though. Are you oh, listen to some of his stories on the table for three that they have on the network that's probably going to be gone too since this peacock bullshit? Well, they do have but, a table for three, but again, a lot of those things like the Stone Cold Sessions, the the table for threes, there's like night like Nitro Wars and stuff like that. It seems like they just have like recent stuff right now, and then I think they'll have some of that, but it might just be the recent stuff. Right. So to go back to my to my answer that you're mentioning, I would like to work for Vince, but the time that I would have loved to work for Vince at my age right now was back in the attitude era when he needed that guy that was there to like, no, I don't want to say, I don't want to be Vince Russo, but I want to be that guy. That's like a mixture between Russo Pritchard and Coronet to sit in that circle. there, listening to all those ideas. I think I'd be more of a Mark slash fan there. And I'd probably chime in here and there for ideas that he'd like, um, or dislike probably dislike all of them but just to be there fly on the wall in those situations i would have absolutely loved it now the ben wayne here's something that i just it just popped in my head and i wonder if you'd want to either like go yeah i think you're right or i don't know because of this this and this i think you're never going to get wrestling as good as it was because you had russo and Cornette in the same room together 
I think because those two hated each other, they're never going to work together. They did for a little bit in TNA, and I think that was only like a month or something. But I think those two brainchilds headed with a Vince McMahon to kind of like rally them in. I think you're never going to get like that attitude era type promotion again. But I guess they're not going for that either. But I just mean like maybe in the way of storylines being pretty good. You know, does that seem like that would be a fair trade that you had to you had to give up those two to to get something or or they'd have to get along? No, it's not necessarily anything to do with Russo or Cornette. It was Crash TV that was being created at the time and it was Mm -hmm. to compete with WCW because it was a fucking competition and it was a competition for ratings like you could plug anybody, I believe, into that that those positions. And as long as you have Vince. That was still going to happen. As long as you had Austin, uh, Foley, Rock, it was all going to happen. Because what Vince did, he had never done, is took the reins off his characters. And he let them fucking, like, you know, get big on their own. He would say, go out there, get over. When he had Hogan, like, he, like, was the vision. And he said, Hogan, go do this. And Hogan would do exactly that. However, when he had Austin, he's like, okay, here's the framework. And Stone Cold will go out there and fucking stun people, drink beer, throw the middle finger. Vince gave the framework, but Austin made it a character. You know what I mean? That's why the Attitude Era was so successful. Now, you got with Cornette and uh, Russo, they were primarily only in handling promos in the backstage area. It wasn't what the characters were conveying out in front of the audience. Why do you think Rock, Austin, and Mankind were so huge? Because they were larger than, like, uh, uh, of themselves. That Like, ev- they've talked about this a hundred times. They right. were themselves, but they exacerbated themselves a hundred times. And those characters got over, and we had the Attitude Era. I don't necessarily think it had anything to do with Russo and Cornette, per se, as much as it had to do with Vince McMahon, you know? Vince McMahon, and like you said, the talent... At the yeah, time the too, talent right? exactly. Come you on. you couldn't see, um, God nowadays. Like you couldn't see them going to say the only person they did that to, and then I don't know what they're doing with him. Was was Bray Wyatt and and Randy Orton? There's one seems other. Like he has a bit of a control. Go ahead. There's one other that had that fucking opportunity. It was Ambrose when Ambrose oh. was in the company and he came back from the shoulder. They Mm -hmm. had given him that push like Austin. He was even on the Stone Cold podcast and Austin said, go for it. Go reach for it. Go out there and do this shit. And I don't know what happened. Ambrose still is gone a couple of months later. You know what I mean? But he's he's... just. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jiggle. I'm sorry. That's okay. Ambrose is just too like, even watching that interview, I was just like, I don't want to say cringing, but it was just, he he seemed like he's always playing a character 24-7. Yes, and behind is. closed doors, he's his self or whatever with Renee or whatever, whatever her name is. I think her real name is Renee. Um, I could be wrong, but like he, he doesn't, he can't just. It, it's it's tough to explain, but it's not. It's you got a guy like like uh, Dean Ambrose watching that Broken Skull sessions. I think at that time it was just a Stone Cold podcast, but you could watch Ambrose talking on there. He was talking like sitting like in character the whole entire time. It was like, dude, just be yourself. You're absolutely right. Don't you remember how Ambrose first kicked the door down? He had this like this scuffle with Foley at WrestleMania in the lobby or something. That's how Ambrose first got on the scene. He was even playing a character when he wasn't even like really a character. He was just down there to be a, an extra. Like sometimes they use NXT guys. They used to like carry Triple H's throne. CM Punk was a gangster dressed up one yeah. time at WrestleMania. 
they're all there to, to be extras, you know? So Ambrose is there and he had a scuffle with Foley. They they put it on the internet for the Smarks to make it seem like it was a shoot, but it was never a shoot. It was something they orchestrated. But Ambrose is always working the fans. That's his deal, you know? I I just I like Dean Ambrose, don't get me wrong. And I and I like John Moxley, but sometimes I'm watching him stuff and it's just like, dude, you why are you trying so hard to be a badass? Just be a badass. Would you get, but I feel like on the other hand, you'd get pissed off if you saw, I'm trying to think of maybe a a bigger in character person being out of character. So let's say, um, God, I'm trying to think maybe let's say Alexa bliss. I don't know if you'd get pissed off so much if Alexa bliss broke this character that she's in now where she's in this trance and she's, I feel like she's channeling the fiend, but like, if you saw her on like, you know, uh, Lillian Garcia's podcast, you know, and then she's just talking normal. You'd be like, oh, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, you know, like, wouldn't you? I don't know. Some people would seem to like, oh, you just ruined it for me now because now I know that's just a character on TV. But then when you peel back the curtain too much and and take fans out of it, it's like, oh, well, they're just a person. You know what I mean? Which I know. Yes, they are just people. They're all just people. Um, But like, I don't know. There's sometimes we're like, yeah. And then Dean Dean Ambrose staying in character to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast just seemed like a very um, disrespectful thing to do to Stone Cold when maybe Stone Cold was telling him, do what you got to do, you know, and we'll see how this podcast goes. Since kayfabe's been no longer a thing, it's, it's, it's tough to separate reality from what we're actually seeing. Like when you got a guy like Moxley who came into the, you know, came to the WWE as Ambrose, part of the shield, yada, yada, yada. You, everyone wanted to see Moxley from down at what was it CZW? Yes, we want to see that guy, and and I feel like every time you have someone like that, where the you take him to the big show at WWE, and you're like, okay, you could be your character, but we don't do that extreme extreme stuff here, or blood and guts. We we'll do it. We'll show some color here and there, but more along the lines, we'll just you know we're we're a family show, but like. It's hard when you're like, be yourself, but also here, this is what we want you to be. And he's the trying... character. Yeah. Exactly. And they, they just do that. And it's just like when you have him and he's got to keep his character because if not, he's going to, you know, get buried. I don't know, man. It's just I I still am a big wrestling fan, as I can say you guys are as well. But it's it's so tough sometimes to watch someone and to, to I it's so hard to get behind someone like for the longest time you guys are probably gonna laugh about this but i absolutely loved ryback because ryback came in he was the nxt who came from nxt as ryan reeves came up made a character for himself everyone butchered him with the whole goldberg chant and all this stuff he shook it off he didn't say anything he kept doing his thing everyone stopped and he was just this giant man that would just go in there in the, in the time of wrestling when wrestling sucked ass he came in and he had a it was a glimmer of hope or, or whatever and i was like you know i could get behind this guy because this guy looks like he could be a good champion and when his theme goes he used to fire me up because i was like this guy's gonna come in there he he could talk too on the mic if he wanted to what's up ben I was going to say, I do appreciate you liking him, but you know we have to thank a little bit for his success is uh, CM Punk making him look yep. so good. 
He made exactly. him look so fucking good. You know, he made him look so good in that 2013 era. I thought they were going to pull the trigger and give Ryback the title off of Punk. I think it was that Hell in the Cell, weird it's Hell in the same. Cell, where it was a three-way dance or some shit. It was something mm-hmm. weird. I thought exactly. they were going to do it. He was so over, and Punk got him so there. Hot. Punk, Flair used to do that same shit with Luger and Sting in the 80s. He made them so hot and got them so over that you thought they were going to beat him, but they did it. But they just fucking let CM Punk go after that. It never makes sense when a good performer puts over workers who aren't as good as him, you know, to make them better. Mm-hmm. And there's prime example as you being a fan of Ryback, you know. And the thing about Ryback, too, is I kind of what I like to do with some wrestlers that I get behind that I watch that I you know find interesting and that I think could probably go the extra mile without me even having to think about it. And they could they could tell me the story instead of me saying this is the story they should go with. They just, I think if the Ryback, I tried putting him back in like 95, 96 in WWE when it was kind of floundering before they hit their niche with uh, the whole uh, Attitude Era, he would have flourished in like a 1995, 1996. Sure. And I do the same thing, Jay Glow, and not to cut you off really quick, Mm -hmm. but I have, I have a, I have a superstar that I thought they were going to do. And I don't know what they're doing with him down in NXT, and I really like him maybe because I like those manager-type people. But that Robert Stone, mm-hmm. I feel like they, they pulled him off a little bit. Like, he's still showing up, but his, you know, and they still bring up the Robert Stone brand. But you put that guy in ECW in 98, 97, 96, mm-hmm. same type of character, fucker would get over. Hot and heat. he'd be a good, good heat. Long good hair. Yeah. Even the 90s look, absolutely, yeah. 100%. I agree. But go ahead, back to the, is there anybody that you do that to, Ben? That you, if you put them back, even in the glory days of wrestling, like say the eighties, the seventies, is there a wrestler now that you could say well, they'd be good because if they were in this era, they'd they'd be like flourishing. Hmm. Let me is think on that. that think let, let me go think ahead. on that and maybe go around the horn somewhere with someone else. Sure. Go back to what you were saying then, uh, before I cut you off there, Jiglo. About Ryback? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think him back me. in the nineties. I, I got one. <laughs> oh, wow, <that> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> FTR put them in the eighties. The revival. They, they'd be they'd be good. No. What great, look? Great tag. What team. look would you give them? Same look they got now, without the leather jet, like in ring, just the little tights and the boots, kind of like they look like they're Anderson throwback anyway. So they right. would definitely work in that era. Great, I think that that they would flourish more than they are now. I think I agree. I think you'd have to give them some sort of like look though. Because that's what the 80s were about. Yeah, you, you might... could be a shit tag team, but if you give them a good look, long hair. Imagine tights. <laughs> imagine tights. Imagine long tights. Fluorescent tights. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of that, like not to segue a little bit, did you guys see that whole thing with MJF kind of making a horseman this week? Oh. Did you like took out yes. the inner circle? The, uh, uh, FTR, I... him, Warlow, and uh, Spears all together, with Tully actually being a kind of hand in the matter as well. Agreed. I I really I I, I quote unquote marked out for that. Because I checked it out. So hell of a storyline. I'd like to talk about that, but I uh, but gentlemen, I, I'm not sure if you guys hear that knocking. Um, that is a word from our sponsor. Oh yeah. Oh. Do you hear that? That's the sound of an ice cold loco coffee. I always have one before I record wrestling or whatever because it's that damn good. Start feeling good about your daily coffee consumption. 
Loco Coffee delivers benefits that go above and beyond the average cold brew coffee and is geared towards fueling your active lifestyle with all natural, no BS ingredients, and zero added sugar. The added coconut water and maple water provides electrolytes and antioxidants for an enhanced, clean coffee experience. This is the perfect pre- and post-workout drink. Don't forget to use our promo code WRESTLINGWE for 10% off of your next order off of any loco coffee you purchase on lococoffee.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Jay Glow with the most flow with uh, Mikey Dangerously and the Ben Wayne. We are back from our nice commercial break there from Loco Coffee. Loco Coffee, you want to get a case? You want to get a T-shirt? You want to get whatever the fuck you want from them? You use the code WRESTLINGWE for 10% off. And boys, uh, oh, also, don't forget Boosted Shades as well. Summer's coming up. I actually just ordered another pair of glasses on there. Used my 15% off discount. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to look like a pile of sex. So, um, you we should wrestling get a shirt w- like that. Pile <laughs> of sex. steel and sex appeal. <laughs> Amen, brother. J um, Glow but, Sex. <laughs> J Glow Sex. It smells like fish. Um, oh, my. So, whoa. Mm. But uh, 15% off, ladies and gents. Uh, and whatever you are, uh, 15% off wrestling W E. Um, that's what you could get guys. I forgot to tell you this via text message, and I'm not sure if this is a little secret from uh, loco coffee, but I got a personal email from the boys, Dan and Sean at loco coffee, the homies, hmm. friends of the show, they sent me an email, friends, friends of the, of the show. show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they said, Hey, we have a new batch of loco. I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be saying this, but by the whoa, time whoa, that whoa. this comes out, <laughs> oh, <sh>. they <laughs> little secret here. If you listen to wrestling or whatever, they had sent me a link for a new batch of uh, an, a, a quote unquote new and improved batch of their maple and their coconut. Wow. Um, and I guess a new look. And they said, we're going to give you this, this, you know, this code, blah, blah, blah. You want to, you know, pick it up. It's free expedited delivery, which expedited delivery from them and from UPS in general, I think was like twenty nine ninety nine or something. Wow, so, so free. I Yeah, it was all free. I was like, damn, I feel special. <laughs> but uh, they uh, sent me a code to do all that. So I ordered a 12-pack of their new maple. Right. And uh, I guess that's what's in the works for Loco. So when you say new, you mean they have a new and improved flavor and a new and yeah. improved look? It's like the, the new can. Coke. Yeah, new Coke. Hey, same, but different. <laughs> but just better. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, they, I guess they had a lot of feedback, and they had reached out to me to give it a try. So I'm waiting for my coffee to come in. And I'll tell you, I still have so much here because I'm like really trying to not drink it all because I just I chug it. I literally chug it. Mm. It's just tasty. And um, I I'm gonna compare. I'm gonna compare, contrast, Pretty and then I'll maybe give some sort of a feedback. But yeah, very exciting. New cans look cool too. Good times. But um, yeah. So that's a lot. Did there. you, you guys uh, listen. throw out that uh, little uh, picture? Did you make that picture? No, they made it. They made it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you did it. I was like, that is so no. cool. That's awesome. No, they they made it. I was like, oh man, paying homage. It, it's so funny because 
it, it's it's a small it's not really a small mom and pop company down in uh i think it's hollister massachusetts mm-hmm. um that they there's just you know they're random guys like us that really enjoy coffee and got a good brew that they made and they're selling it and it's almost you know it's uh countrywide really we have to be their uh, the, only wrestling podcast so i i would say that they, that they 100 so i'm thinking oh, that's a nice yeah. little homage to us even wrestling <laughs> that's what i said too i was like man what a nice homage to wrestling or whatever and they created that on 316 day yeah, which so cool too possible hey, wait, no, 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 no. very very <laughs> cool which is why we are paying an homage here on this episode to the uh the man the myth the legend stone cold steve austin um for this nice 316 day that we have here um yeah going back into what we were talking about earlier um before we really got off the the crazy train rails um but uh i wanted to ask you guys what was your i guess we can start with saying with the the, uh the texas rattlesnake what was your favorite match from him and uh, mike i'll ask you first okay well i'd say stone cold had a lot of illustrious matches a lot of different massive matches that like spawned his entire career and there was different points in stone cold's career even if you go back in them wcw heydays um Mm -hmm. you know and, and when he was the hollywood blondes that type of stuff he really enjoyed teaming with uh fly brian pillman mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's the piece. Yeah, I mean, team. like they they were so the underrated. original. Yeah, and they were original. I would say if you had to compare them, Ben, from for a wrestling uh, tag team of today, and this is gonna be hard because we try not to. What would you compare them to? Maybe today, or if you want to even go and give them an attitude or type uh, counterpart. I'm just gonna try and think overall of who how to compare them to anyone. Uh, they're like such unique talents that mm-hmm. ended up getting thrown together because no one knew what to do with them. Right. And like they had no business being as good as they were as a tag team because they were such such individual superstars. They could have been anything. Like, fuck, I don't know, dude. Like that is such a hard like Hollywood blondes are just I have a fucking collection right here of the Hollywood blondes. That's how much I'm a fan of them. That sits right nice. here because I like them so much. Um I can't compare them to anybody. They were like, here's the best thing about Steve Austin that no one talks about. The guy, if we watch him in the 90s and you watch him in the Attitude Era, you don't know it's the same fucking wrestler. Yeah. He completely flipped his style. He completely changed his look and he completely changed his attitude. Like he was a soft spoken, technical fucking wrestler in WCW, kind of got a little attitude as he moved on. Then he becomes this tough ass redneck fucking rattlesnake that's a badass that like completely different character. Like he did it ten times better than Hogan did it when Hogan flipped his character, you know? Absolutely. I would agree. I would agree. And I think like with Hogan it was hard because it, it just seemed like it was and even like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash would say, like he was doing those eighty promos when he was talking to the camera and shit yeah. like that and doing it. I love so Hogan. changed all that stuff. He, well, I just think his transition was way different than Hogan's. We yeah. still knew it was Hulk Hogan. People didn't know this was stunning Steve Austin. They had no okay. fucking clue. You know what I'm saying? Like, like people that weren't super fans like us, we would know, mm-hmm. obviously, because we were following every promotion. But the kids are just seeing Stone Cold. They're like not aware that he was this great wrestler, technical wrestler. Or the ringmaster. Oh, and not, yeah, <laughs> same thing. That I think that run with Ted DiBiase, not so much as on screen, but I bet you off screen did a lot for Austin. I bet you it did. I bet you he soaked up so much knowledge from DiBiase and his like, because DiBiase was on his way out at that time back to WCW. 
And mm-hmm. fucking Austin, I bet you soaked it up with like a sponge. Because don't you just think, like I think riding with DiBiase, who I've heard from different wrestlers, he's like a knowledge man. He will pass a lot of shit down. So I bet you he did that with Austin. No holds barred. I bet you, and I bet you he opened up everything and told to- Austin totally. everything. He was leaving. He was on his way yeah. out of the company. He was riding with Austin. And the next thing you know, Austin's excelling. DiBiase's gone. I guarantee he took a lot of good knowledge from him. DiBiase had a, like, what, a 10-year run in the WWE as the million-dollar yeah. man? Yeah. Can you imagine just being in that locker room as a young guy trying to make your name ooh, in the business? Being around all that fucking talent well, what... and all just... Legends. They say it's a shark tank. I remember I've heard a couple of different interviews where they say it used to be a shark tank in that locker room because WWE was way better than WCW for a while. WCW in that era for a while. It's just that WCW had so much money and they got all the old big stars to, to excel the company at the time. And then they paraded all these young talents in front of our cameras like Lucha Libre that we've never seen. So it was a while before WWE took over the reins, but they had the stars and the talent of tomorrow, you know. Right. I mean, do you think, do you know, do we know from interviews and, and listening to different podcasts that Bischoff kicked himself for not keeping Stone Cold and firing him? I, I think the one that I heard was Bischoff just didn't know at the time that that guy was going to be anything. So he honestly, looking back at it, if hindsight was 50-50, he he'd still wouldn't know. Like, he knows that Stone Cold became the big star. But, like, at that time when they had to do what they had to do, I think Bischoff was honest with himself and said, yeah, he would have still let him go. Yeah. He didn't, they didn't have the creative mind that Vince and Vince, and I guess you could say Jim and Jr. had for him. So that's the one thing that WWE had that WCW didn't have. And had you flipped the switch, I mean, I think we'd be in the WCW world right now. If they had the minds of WCW. Like Pat Patterson and those type of people, yeah. too. The thing that mm-hmm. happened is when Turner came and took over WCW, all they they got rid of all the wrestling minds in the company, and then it just came like a corporate structure, you know? And then mm-hmm. there was no... They never developed characters. What they... The one character they ended up with, and even... I think Jim Ross says this somewhere, was Goldberg. That's the only character they made, and they really didn't make him. They threw him out and said, go be a badass, and he just was. And he looked like Austin, so... Yeah. Right. So, Mike... Yes. Well, what would you say is your favorite match? I would have to go with that St. Valentine's Day Massacre match where it was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon in that uh, that steel cage match. Um, you know, like, I think that's when that was the pinnacle of the Austin versus McMahon, you know, type feud because at that time Vince had never been in a match. So, so you had that and then, you know, you had one of my favorite quote unquote wrestlers, Vince McMahon being in the match. Um, and then just Stone Cold taking him to task, you know, and everybody just being fucking ecstatic when he finally got his hands on Mr. McMahon. And then, you know, uh, the whole, uh, when Stone Cold was given, or when Vince McMahon was given Stone Cold the bird, I just thought that was a funny line. And then the the <laughs> dialogue, the commentary in there, the, the double bird, whenever whatever Lawler <laughs> would say that, I just laugh. I just think that was so funny. Uh, and then that whole big, you know, show up of, of Paul White at the end there, you know, being that big monster machine that it was. That was pretty cool. That was just, that was pretty cool that they were able to make a pretty good story out of a match, out of a guy who never wrestled a day in his life. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, knowing like he can carry the boss and be like, "All right, here, here's what we're gonna do," and that match was as psychological as it was physical. If you think about it, if you wanted to break that match down, quote unquote, scene after scene, progression after progression, it built up 
and then you and then you got swerved and then that was but that was a good swerve and then it was Absolutely. a good swerve where the the right guy won you know what i mean it was a giant like screw you cuz vince thought he had it in his pocket then you didn't know paul white was going to show up and be like oh my god now he's going to take out austin then he threw austin into the cage the cage opened austin fell out you're like well, i didn't know that was going to happen either like it's just nuts like two or three different things you didn't know was going to happen happened you know they don't stuff, have that type of stuff now exactly you do, you just said what i was going to say they they don't do that now no <laughs> that's their whole problem they need to do that now because look how well that was done and that was just a, like a and McMahon was hurt flimsy. halfway through that match too and he still carried it he was he, what he break his tailbone broke his tailbone off the 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 uh, announce table didn't break right or yeah, he bounced off of it really awkwardly, and mm-hmm. like he couldn't move. And and then there was that whole angle that they made up, which, you know, like he was <laughs> like, "Don't, don't, let, don't let me leave." Uh, <laughs> I remember Austin saying, "Oh fuck, I killed the old man," <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like stuff like that. You don't. I mean, granted, yeah, we're not going to see the owner of a company get into a match unless Tony Khan gets into something now. But yeah, you don't. You just don't see it anymore. But it was just so well done, and it was just a minor pay-per-view it wasn't any of the big fours yeah. but it's just like anything like that nowadays would happen in a wrestlemania it's just it, it, i i hate to be that boomer that says back in my day wrestling used to be good but like it really was though it's just crazy how good they were back then even with just that match and i do agree that was a really good match and i remember watching that pay-per-view it was another one of those random pay-per-views that i actually that we invested money in and watched it and it was absolutely fantastic but um, what about you, Ben? What about what's, you, ben? what's one of your favorite Austin matches moments? I mean, I would let's stick with matches right now. It's going to be the WrestleMania 13 double switch with Brett. Like by far, Very one good. of the most ex- best executed double turn. I think it's the only ones I've ever seen successfully done, where you took a character going in as a face and a character that's a significant heel. You switched them in the midst of the match where everyone's booing the like cheering the heel and booing your baby face. It was done so well. It was bloody. It was brutal. It was just amazing match. I love it. But they would but, do that now, but I feel like the the fucking WWE universe would be that they would be them hijacking the show. Well, they've tried like it a couple then, of times. They tried yeah. it with Hogan and Flair in 99 uncensored. I believe it was WCW and it was fucking awful. Flair <laughs> like they wanted you to like cheer Hogan, boo Flair after Flair was the obvious face going and it was just a disaster it's very hard to do you have to have characters that really captivate your audience to do that and plus are really great in the ring and brett and austin were the best yeah absolutely well i mean you could say that sasha and bailey had a successful oh my goodness who would say that hold on hold on hold on i might be on that boat a little bit i was trying to think about recent ones and that's that's probably the only one that attempted to do it maybe didn't do it right but a female version which, you know, not to be chauvinistic pig or anything, it's here. And, and then that's, well, you guys can't see my hand, so you don't know which one's where. <laughs> but, you know, like on this level for one and maybe on this level for the other one. You didn't see my hand, so you can't say I'm chauvinistic. Your <laughs> left hand is higher and your right hand is just a little bit lower. Good damn it. How'd you know? <laughs> I'm, in your, I'm in your room in the corner. Oh, shit. But, but, Hi. but okay. So, so you have, you know, not to go off the track a little bit here. So you had a recent one, which was a face heel turn. Austin and Brett did it the best. Then you had Bailey and Sasha attempt to try to do it, you know, with maybe some success. If right. you were born yesterday, 
and you're all um, into the business as of like 2010, and you didn't watch anything back then. That might have been right. Oh yeah, okay, I'll give it to you there. That's yeah. that's the way I'll think about it. But what about you? <laughs> what do you think there, John? Jaglo? Uh, John. John. Uh, John. What, for the, my favorite. Yeah. Austin we'll match. Yeah. Okay. Well, to even go back to what I was saying about Bailey and Sasha, most recent one, yes, very successful. Not the best, not yeah. anywhere near Stone Cold versus Brett, like uh, Bennett said. But uh, I, yeah, like you said, it's it's really hard to do, and those guys pulled off well because you kind of knew the Stone Cold was getting his comeuppance, as you would say. And uh, Bret Hart was they they needed to do something different with him, so it worked out perfectly. And that's when he went into his whole what I hate USA gimmick. Yes, and then DX and them they went off, and it was absolutely fucking well done. But um. I think personally, my favorite Stone Cold match, and it has to do with just the whole buildup. I'm a buildup type of guy. I have to get invested into something and be excited for it. I I personally think that his match with The Rock at WrestleMania 17, the thing I shared on Twitter, was probably by far my favorite Austin match because so much shit happened on that on that whole buildup. The whole Rock versus Austin, back and forth, back and forth. Deborah was the Rock's manager. Then Austin was stunning this guy, and the Rock stunned Austin. And then this happened, that happened. There was just so much Austin Rock, Austin Rock, that it was you didn't you couldn't get enough of it. And then the big show came along, and not Paul White. I'm talking about WrestleMania, and then just the whole cameos and vignettes and just everything. It was just larger than life. And I think after WrestleMania 12, I'd have to say probably 17 was my favorite one to watch um, because just everything that happened, there was such a good variety of just things that a wrestling fan of our age would want to see and enjoy and respect and just all around just be entertained beyond belief throughout the whole entire thing. So WrestleMania 17, The Rock versus Stone Cold in Houston, Texas – uh, which you knew Austin wasn't going out of there without that belt. Um, but yeah, and then he turned and shook hands with Vince at the end. It mm-hmm. was just like a lot of people say, even the guys you know behind the curtain and you know behind closed doors that work for the company said that was a horrible move. I don't think so. I think you have the Stone Cold gimmick right out for so long of him beating up Vince. Eventually to make a great storyline, to create more story, you have him side with the guy he's beaten the shit out of for the last, God, how many years? Five years? I think so. I mean, it made sense to do it. And eventually, you know, he's going to turn on him again. So there's no reason. You have two guys, Vince McMahon, fantastic character, Stone Cold Steve Austin, amazing, the best character of all time in my opinion. That you go and you do that, you're, it's going to work regardless. So I think a lot of people say, "Oh, they should never have done it. It was it ruined his character. It didn't fucking ruin his character. It gave his character another chapter to work with, and eventually come back to saying, you know what? I don't like you anyway. Stunner, beer bath, beer drinker, run out, do your thing, Zamboni, fucking explode the DX Express, all that other stuff doesn't blemish that at all. I." I loved everything about it. And the cool thing about Stone Cold, too, is since we're talking about wrestlers of the past and present, and I think we touched on this on previous podcasts, is 
uh, and th- this is a big proponent for you when you want to watch wrestling, Jay Glow, is you want to get lost in it. You want to like just believe it. You know what I mean? And I think the Stone Cold Steve Austin character was so believable that whenever he was on TV for whatever he was doing, it could be so crazy as him driving a fucking beer truck into the arena or a Zamboni into the, the arena. You would just believe it. You know what I mean? You'd just be like, oh, wow, this is crazy. I can't believe this. You don't have happened. to think. You just don't think. It's, it's it, one of those few characters, few wrestling characters that you could actually be like, oh, wow, this is amazing. This is pretty cool. I can't believe this happened. And and you can't be like, oh, wow, I, I, this sucked me out of the moment. If anything, it drew you into the moment more. And I think Stone Cold was one of those great ath- athletes, wrestlers that did that. Whenever Stone Cold segment was on the screen, you're like, oh, wow, this is a little bit more real than, you know, fucking uh, – Kevin Nash is the Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, or, or you know, like any of those other weird character character ish gimmicks. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I you know Stone Cold lived that life though too. He wasn't like completely redneck, but like he he knew enough to be that character. You know what I mean? He, it's just right. it's just it's just the personality turned up. You know, what you I mean? guys you guys said it best. It was his himself, but exacerbated to like a thousand. So yeah. it was, but it made sense. He had his background, but they're like, be this, be that. And then you didn't have to fucking sit with him in a room for five hours and say, okay, Ricochet, we're going to want you to come out. We're going to put this fucking cape on you. And then you're going to do a 450, 720, 1080 splash. You're going to fucking, your body's going to split into two and you're going to do a fucking 2460 splash. No, 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 no. It's just stone cold. Go out there. You're gonna have the guy, the 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 fucking bell guy, throw beers at you. His completion percentage is better than Drew Brees and Tom Brady and all those guys in the NFL because he's got a fucking cannon of an arm. He's gonna throw these beers to you. Do what you would do, and make sure at the end that you stun yada yada yada. And then all right, and then Uncle goes out there because he's a fucking genius when it comes to promos and just. Thinking on the fly. That's another thing that these guys in wrestling, I feel like they can't do is think on the fly because they're too scared. No, there was there was a match that happened in NXT recently. I think it was the pay-per-view or actually I don't know if it was a pay-per-view or the actual event or whatever. One of the one of the shows. But there was I believe it was Io Shirai versus uh, fuck. I can't remember who it was. I don't know Candace if that. LeRae? I don't know if it was a triple threat or if it was just a one on one. It might have been Candice LeRae. I can't remember. But the spot was that the announce table was supposed to break, and it didn't. And it was like, oh, shit. Well, let's do this other thing then. And you had to see them. Like, the gears had to, like, go, okay, what do we do now? But you saw it. If it was yeah. if it was stone cold, it wouldn't have worked, and he would have went on to the next thing. You know what I right. mean? Right. That's different. I'm talking about, like, promos inside the ring. Oh. Because back in the Attitude Era, it used to be promo, promo, promo. Vignette match, vignette match, promo, promo, promo. Val Venus pointing to his dick, promo, promo match. Small. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, whoa, ladies. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> ladies. That's a Viagra commercial. I just, you know, played this into it. Val Venus in the studio today. How are you, Boski? <laughs> well, let me tell you something, the Ben Wayne. Wait, that was When you go from Mars. You go to Venus, <laughs> and you come to Earth, you're going to get a little bit 
I was trying to stop that, but then I said, penis. Yes. <laughs> I came in, Mike? I was trying to like cut it out, but I went right into say, penis. You guys also... <laughs> Mike, you have a case of the Tourette's tonight. I He'll do, do that. Say. No, he'll do that. The doctor, oh, really? too, when he's getting his checkup, he'll be like, penis. <laughs> Check, the doctor be like, yes, that is your penis, Mike. <laughs> I knew it. Penis. Oh, but you're absolutely going back to just Stone Cold just being Stone Cold. One of, I think, the better times in his career that he really enjoyed the business a little bit more had to have been his co-GM. When he was with uh, when he was with Eric Bischoff and those two played off of each other so well. And then the little things that he would do like on that raw after. He would just have fun and shit like that. You don't see that anymore either. You don't. I mean, I guess now because people just want to go home and they're done, you know, work on their nine to five wrestling gig. But Stone right. Cold would come out for that last hour for that show that happened that it's already off the air. Stone Cold's music would hit and he'd just be talking to the audience and shit like that. And people would stay and be like, oh, my God, Stone Cold's coming out. Like, what's he doing? Like, this is pretty fun. And so he'd like probably, you know, pencil in. I guess it was either a half hour or an hour. After the show would go off the air and he would just fucking race Lillian Garcia down the fucking ramp with the chairs and all that shit. Like he would just have a good time. And I feel like a lot of that is lost in the business nowadays, not because of COVID, but just because I think people have like the script memorized in their head and, and like the move that they have to hit at that certain particular time. Everything's just so calculated now. But Austin, even even back then when he was coming out and just having fun, I, I think it was just about him having fun and trying to give back to the audience that like gave him so much. Well, I mean, look at that instance. If we're going to even talk about instances like that, when they tried to have undertaker break character mm-hmm. and had everyone come out to the ring and they had the rock, they had Booker T, they had gold dust had all those guys in the ring trying to get undertaker to do a taker Rooney. <laughs> and like, you don't like that stuff you don't see anymore. I mean, when I go to shows at the arena, granted, there'll be Raws, there'll be SmackDowns. You don't see that. It just seems like the times have changed. Guys are finishing their matches up. They're finishing their could be five star matches. Say, for example, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly at TakeOver. If that is slated to happen for the two night event, mind you. I think it's Thursday and Friday before yeah. Mania, Saturday, Sunday. You have an event like that happen. Kyle, o- excuse me, I got the hiccup. Hmm. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole have them have a match. Once they get done, what are they going to do? Take off. Go back in the shower, go in the back shower, get ready. Adam Cole's going to fucking pump himself do up. his pump himself He's up and then go on, go on. Hold on. First off, watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go on and he's going to go game and stream online and make more money that uh-huh. way. And Kyle Riley is going to go on the back and, you know, check his insulin or something. Oh, but, but, what? What? That, that's, I'm just saying he's probably going to check his insulin and then go home or yeah. something. So uh, go play his belt. But yeah. And he's going to play his belt with his fucking stupid ass hair. <laughs> Kyle Riley, do me a favor. Your fucking hair looks fucking stupid, bro. What is he doing with his hair? You're saying this to him now. Bro. You're saying this to him now. Oh. If you ever saw that guy in person. Speaking of bro. fucking mark out. Did you see he comes out <laughs> no, in a scooter now? What the fuck's up with that? Who's that? Are you serious? Fucking Matt Riddle. It's so a fucking huh? annoying. Oh, Matt, Matt Riddle. I thought you were talking about oh, Kyle O'Reilly. Right? No, no, Russo. but I really hope Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> bro, next week check now. my scooter out. I bought this online. <laughs> 
It was nine ninety nine. I figured to myself, would I buy this scooter or would I buy the WWE Network? I bought the scooter. Scooter, you fat, bald <laughs> son of a bitch. Get out of here right now. <laughs> oh, going off tangent. Yeah. I love it. So what, why is Nat Riddle coming out in a scooter? Exactly. <laughs> is it a brooder? That is why? exactly why? right. Mike, I don't have this any answer to this question. Bro. I was watching Raw. I decided to tune in. I didn't sleep. Um, and every time I listened to it, something really ridiculous happened, you know, and one of them was Matt Riddle riding around back on a scooter, riding so fast past whoever he was defending the title against it spun them around or something. Oh, <laughs> stupid. Uh, Fucking stupid. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, no, no, no. Stupid was taking the belts off the hurt business already and breaking yeah. that shit up. That gold, they should have kept that gold, but you know what they're doing? I think uh, Cedric must be in trouble. As soon as they lost the titles, the camera focused on him being all despondent. I bet she's going to get kicked out. Stupid. It's dumb. It's uh, really dumb. It was such a solid, what's... nice group with all that gold. <laughs> unless they're going to kick people out and put someone yeah, in there. Yeah, unless they're going to make that. them. You know what? I would... That needs to be a good. That needs to be a good faction, and they're fucking it up. Tell me that, that just what needs would be, to be cool course. to see Big E. In the fucking her business, yeah, that would be awesome. You fucking kidding Biggie's me? Biggie's where he's got to put him in there. That's awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, Biggie's hot right yeah. now, and I don't mean well. I mean sexually. I mean if you're into Easy. that, but like Special chocolate. Uh, yeah, Biggie. Different, different, different. Show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggie is just he's just he's an intelligent man, and he's fucking ripped to the fucking tits. He's massive. <laughs> why not? Why not have him fucking just like go off like? Agree. Hurt business. He needs to go to the hurt business. He does. Yeah. I mean, him. Okay. So if they get rid of Cedric and they bring him in, I mean, would they still, would Shelton Benjamin still be in with it? Yeah, absolutely. What about some crazy nonsense where they kick out Shelton and Cedric and the whole uh, New Day join it? Mm, Get them all together. They're not unicorns. They're all serious guys. No, nothing for you. They'll 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 fucking they'll fuck. Big E would be fine. I I could take Big E and put him there. And I'm telling you, for both, and we're going off on a a Stone Cold 316 tangent for right now. But for uh, for the two groups, the two big groups that they're doing, even though like the one that's over on SmackDown really technically isn't a faction. It's just Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman. And Jay and or Jimmy Uso, I'm not entirely sure which one who it is. Uso and Uso, they don't have a, a fucking. They don't have a fucking. It's not like it's not called the head of the table. It's just Roman Reigns. You know, it's just the table. <laughs> what? Well, it's just table with Roman Reigns. It's just it's just Roman Reigns. That's what it is. Welcome to the dinner table. What would you like? Ooh. <laughs> Extra ooh, hold the ah. Light on the agreed eye. though. Agreed. But no, table with the side of Heyman. Exactly, mm. and they got the Jew over on the side. You know, just in case. Oh, come hey, on. He Whoa. says it. He says it. I don't have to say it. I'm fine. You're not Jewish though. You can't say it. Oh shit. Well, anyway, <laughs> canceled. Uh, oh, shit. No, don't cancel Bill Burr. Cancel Michael Dangerously. <laughs> what they should do is they should um, bring women into these factions. I I feel like Absolutely. for the for the female one for. The hurt business. If they got rid of, if they're getting rid of Cedric Alexander, they bring it. They bring in Big E. And who was the one girl you were saying? One of you were saying Shana, really we smart. About, I think Shayna. Shayna. And I know it's not like what they're She's trying. A but I know they're. I, I think what they're trying. And I think unfortunately, what WWE tries to do, and this is WWE. This isn't me being racist. Is let's put all 
the people of this color together and then it's going to be this political or this racist issue but we're not going to say it's a racist issue but we're just putting them together because they're all of this same color or creed i i think with shana right because shana isn't black right no so it'd be okay and he'd be like okay it's not a completely like because the one thing that somebody said to me is automatically and i'm and unfortunately i think a lot of wrestlers wrestling fans have this brain set is oh this is a black panther thing and i was like no i don't i don't think it is i think it's just three athletes they put together or four athletes they put together but unfortunately i think like wwe thinking this way it's like they 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 segregate them i don't want to be like this but i feel like this is what they're doing you know they're all they're all the same color so let's put them together well i think that's initially was the idea mike i really do i I don't like that though i I don't think it should i know you don't like that but i think it changed i now think of them Mm -hmm. as the hurt business instead of a bunch of black athletes together and the hurt business what i i was just thinking about so i was watching it they're in the business of hurting people that's yeah like okay Wrestling is about a lot of different things. It's about getting money, getting power, whatever. They don't give a fuck. They want to hurt people. I love that. I thought it was so. Yeah. Cool. Whoever came up with that moniker in the back deserves a promotion. It's that, so simple. I bet you, a thousand to one. I bet you that's MVP. It's so simple. He is the fucking Heyman. And I hate to say this because Heyman's He's still there. Great. But he is the Heyman of our time right now. He's the Heyman of this era with the mouthpiece, with the creative mind that he had because he is still, I believe. He's still a producer. What I'm kind of worried mm-hmm. about is, do you think maybe they're going to break up the Hurt Business and they're really worried about, like, the Bobby Lashley MVP being him being the world champion, MVP being his mouthpiece? Maybe they're going to just push that envelope instead of worrying about the faction? I hope not. I, I wish they would just worry about the faction. Me too. Like I said, if they're in the business of hurting people, if that's their – if that's if that's the moniker – then they should be like, well, let's expand and get these people in too, regardless of it. Because they did that with the New Day too. I swear to God, it seemed like that. They just need they when need a big another brute in there. They need a four. When it first when New Day first started, Xavier Woods was putting together these two people because quote unquote the business was hurting them or they were being held back from the business. Then they became the unicorns of who they are now. But it felt like there was a ulterior motive with the new day, if you thought about it, where it was these three athletes of color getting the shit end of the stick. And that's how Xavier Woods was selling it in the beginning, that early promo when they put them together. Hmm. Right? Or am I wrong? No, I don't think so. That's exactly what they were doing. They were that was such a joke of a gimmick, like yeah. even. I don't think they were ever meant to get over, and I think it was so ridiculous it got over. Then it got yeah. then it got over, and then there was volunteer unicorn. You know what I mean? Then it was of whoever. You know what I mean? It was you had like you know a, a, a woman, and you had another you know different male people. You know, so it was like you know they're honor, honorary unicorns, which wasn't just of a specific color <clears throat> or creed or gender. It was whomever because it just got over. It got over because it was another one of those like Rocky sucks yep. or this person sucks. Okay. So they're like, all right, well, wait, they they. They're hating us because we're supposed to be heels, but now we're they're turning that curve of okay, we're gonna make funny jokes and do this out there and be silly and be ourselves <laughs> to the point because they are characters in real life as well. Like they're funny guys that they they have their insight stories, but they also bring the insight stories to life and whatever makes them laugh 
they're trying to replicate out to the audience. So next thing you know, they go from the blue uh, New Day gimmicks with the light and this, that, because they're going after that like whole like new, you know, praise Jesus type of gimmick. And and then they went to just multicolors and then eventually unicorns because people were digging the crazy shit they were doing. It was now, the, for, it was the Rodney Mac syndrome with their uh, uh, entrance music too because when Rodney ba- Mac came out it was the Mac Militant coming to get it on and that was Theodore Long uh-huh. and, and Rodney Mac and it's so funny because now that's just Teddy Long's theme song and you don't know who the fuck the Mac Militant is and who's coming to get it on <laughs> but it's Theodore Long's theme song and he comes out and he fucking jukes and jives and he gets off it's the same thing with the New Day if you listen to the New Day theme it's supposed to be like that holier than thou yeah. music christian upbringing like that pentecostal type of thing. exactly and now it's like they're fucking jumping around with unicorns it's like it's yeah. fun you know what i mean like it's the rodney back syndrome it was it's a lot of inside jokes between them that they're bringing to yeah, life and putting in their character which yeah that's fine do i think the new days ran its course oh my god years ago but uh but yeah, why did I they mean, win the belt again i don't understand they're gonna what are they drop doing them, them to aj and almost yep that's exactly what they're doing. It's almost starting them to fight. That's going to be his first match. They yep. said that's the that's the WrestleMania. Mania. Match. Wow, I can't wait to see him we, fight. You know, you know who also had their first match at WrestleMania and didn't do bad, but I mean, he's the Intercontinental Champion now. Biggie. Oh, is that where okay. he had his first match? He debuted there. First WrestleMania match in New York. I think it was what twenty eight. 2008. When it was when it was oh, wait, versus no. Taker. Yeah, yeah, I would I dig agree. him in the hurt business. I think they think that they need to use it as a vehicle to promote other guys, just like they used to do with the NWO. They're they're a quality group. You put a shirt on someone, they're gonna be over. You know, you give like you give MVP his talk into yeah, that person, that's it. talk him up, and then that's it. And then like you said, vehicle move him on next big. Then it it'd be more believable that that Biggie is eventually supposed to apparently from what I heard do a Kofi and get like the neck, the big belt. Like he's supposed to be like, I guess it was supposed to be the end of this year or something. There's some, they wanted to put the, yeah, strap they on. did. They wanted to, I know they got big know, plans for them. Big E. Yeah. 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 No, no pun intended no pun. for Big E. Um, you know, but like just... you said, it would be more believable than just saying, Oh, there's just another, then them being, that's just another Kofi Kingston story. They could be like, oh, wow, look at Big uh, E doing what he's doing. E-mania. Exactly. The wrestling fan in me, like I'm watching that tag match, and I'm hoping Shelton turns on Cedric. So the New Day gets the tag titles. They drop Cedric, and all three join the Hurt Business. I just always want those flip huh. turns. I love that kind yeah. of stuff. It makes shit exciting. It just does. Yeah, it it just always, I want this, someone to turn, someone to do something unexpected. And it never fucking happens. It's so lackluster sometimes to wait and wait and wait for like just a pop, you know, and they don't come. And and sometimes it only happens. At You're right. Shows like yeah. Mania, Rumble. I, I feel like they want to get the audience to to be in in with it. You know what I mean? Like they want the bigger audience to see it all. But but if we go back and try to connect this with Stone Cold Steve Austin, do you think it was better for him to have always been like? Because he, he wasn't, he was a tweener, right? He wasn't a face, and no, he wasn't a, a heel, heel. He was always a tweener, but but like you couldn't see him go full heel until they did that with McMahon. Just like we're, we don't know, like you'd see like the Cenas, they would never ever in a million years turn Cena heel when that's what they should have did. He just got I should have seen Seal, right? But I should have seen too much money. See Cena heel, 
And, and he could have even been, he could have went back to the, the rapper thing and he could have. I love that. Fucking, he could have fucking uh, dogged all the, all the, if they wanted to, he could have dogged all the fucking sick kids. A know. prime example. You know what I mean? Stop. Of them, ru- I'm just saying. a prime example of them ruining a character. I love that John Cena, the rap god. I loved him. I thought I was over. Like I was a fan of his, and that's fucking. I'm admitting that right now. I was a fan. Even like, and then wow. all of a sudden, they flipped his character. They took that Eminem rap style off of him, and he was never good again. He just was so bland and so. The he was so he was Captain <laughs> America. I I get the idea, yeah. but he was to me. He got so vanilla. When he was that, like, you know, the slicing, the doctor of thugonomics. I was trying to think of his moniker. The slicing. <laughs> the slicing of bread? <laughs> he was the hottest thing since sliced bread! Mike, he really was at that time the hottest thing since sliced bread. So that's what that's what you were going for. <laughs> that's really is. I heard it's it. Sliced, you said slice. Slice bread number two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The sliced brioche oh, bun. Well, yeah, that, that whole air, like, they should have flipped him eventually. That's why he got stealing people turned so roughly on him. The closest we got to Cena being healed was that fucking daydream that they had in last year where he had the end of That was awesome. So killer. Yeah. That was so Just to see well it. Done. Just to see Cena in an NWO shirt was cool. Kudos to whoever. I think it was Bruce Pritchard said that was his idea. Kudos to him for them thinking up that and going to like the the closet and then him going into what he could have been (laughs) Mm -hmm. well i tell you i tell you it's it's interesting though so you could do that with so many wrestlers and they never did that and that's what i'm thinking they might be doing with the new day but in in essence uh they wouldn't change them just for the the cena there's a cena syndrome you know like they're so over of you know being good guys that I couldn't see New Day be it, but I could see parts of New Day being heel. So I could see Big E because he's not technically New Day, even though they're, the three of them are still together. I mean, they could have nods backstage, but they're not on the same shows anymore. So, I mean, Big E could take this turn and be a bad guy. You know what I mean? And then there'd just be some sort of respect between the three of them. I would love. I think had we had. No, go What's continue. Up? Let's say, had we had something like Big E and the New Day back in the 90s, and they didn't give a fuck about the sales of t-shirts because Stone Cold and The Rock were selling out like crazy, they probably would have done something like this. But the New Day makes too much money. Cena made too much money in shirt sales. Punk? Uh, Punk was kind Punk was of a tweener. tweener. Yeah, Punk was, yeah, Punk was as Stone Cold as you could have gotten for that era without being mm-hmm. Stone Cold for the era and being cool. You know what I mean? Like a cool right. wrestler. Like, yeah, I, I think I think Stone Cold had a lot to do with how CM Punk turned out. You know what I mean? Because I think didn't CM Punk say that Stone Cold was one of his favorite wrestlers or whatever, though, too? Or? Absolutely. So, I mean, like there was that Stone Cold-esque inside CM Punk. Right. And the good thing about Punk, too, in that breath of fresh air that we had back when wrestling was shit like that, you couldn't wait for the man to get on. I, I can't think I can speak for you guys and say that that's how I felt. Every time Punk came on, I was thinking to myself, what the hell is Huge he going to say? Huge fan of Punk. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like that was a lot of a – there was a, a semi-Stone Cold influence on, on CM Punk. Now, I mean, like CM Punk was his own character. Like there was – you can't compare CM Punk to anybody else. But, I mean, that tweener type – fuck the – like if he had a better – authority figure to go against 
it would have been it would have been Austin McMahon, but like Punk. It should have been Punk and Triple H, but for some reason it just didn't work the way it was supposed to. They kept bringing in all odd characters like Nash and stuff. Like Punk and Triple H never had that match. I think they were scared of who to book over. That's what was the problem. I really think that was what it was. But we should have had that feud. Imagine that feud in like 2014. That would have set it on fire. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it would have got over. It was kind of there, but we just it never went off to the races. Punk kind of got lost the title, and then he was never a thing again. Yeah, I mean, you know, there there's a lot of wrestlers nowadays that owe a lot of their careers, a lot of their whatever they've trying to do, like their in ring performances to to a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin. One guy, even though I think it's more of a McMahon stunner. Than a Stone Cold stunner that I think you know he tries to uh, attribute a lot of his character and stuff off of is Kevin Owens. Now, like Kevin Owens's other finisher before it was the stunner. What what did he do? He did like the, the pop up power bomb. Was it the pop up power pop up? And, but he still does that though too. I, th- I feel like that's finisher number two. I feel like the finisher number one that he tries to get over a lot is this McMahon. Max, I'm calling it a it's McMahon the Max stunner. stunner. It is because because it's not like it doesn't have the umph like the Stone Cold Stunner. I feel like it's it's like he, it's a fat guy stunner. I feel like it's an homage to Mr. McMahon when he would attempt to do the stunner. You know what I mean? Like the Max Stunner. So so but um, you know Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, if you will. I feel like he is also like maybe and unfortunately like Kevin Owens could get over. I don't know what they're doing. Why they're holding him off? Why he's not an A player? But for like a B player, definitely a good Stone Cold type fuck the authority whenever that comes up. Because he had those matches with Shane, which were good. Because Shane was an asshole, like his old man was trying to be. And they took each other to the limits. Uh, But then I think there's just so many people on the roster that like, you know, a Kevin Owens, quote unquote, Stone Cold Steve Austin gets lost in the, the shuffle and you just don't know where to put him. I don't know what happened with Owens. He really did have the jet pack. And then the next thing we knew, he was just kind of shuffled to the side. I don't know if he um, fell out with someone in the back or what. There doesn't seem to be like a, a good, you know, but I'm glad they got rid of the whole buck, the authority type thing too, because the only one that did that good was stone cold. Would you say over in WCW that there was a good one? Or, or was it mainly WWE doing with the McMahon-Austin thing? And I can I could ask Jake Lowe that question. <clears throat> what was your, your question? I was trying to decipher it. Well, like, you know how there was the McMahon-Austin feud? You know what I mean? And that was basically right. a buck the authority system feud. You know what I mean? Was there one like that in WCW with one guy versus Bischoff or? No, I think it was the way that they were trying to emulate what they were doing very successful in WWE. They're trying to do with the NWO versus WCW. Okay. So, so, so that was more that being yeah. Eric Bischoff being in the NWO was like anyone who tried to get the Bischoff. I guess you could say that was kind of like that. DDP but would no, I think it was more so. Of. Exactly. DDP versus MWO was as close as you're going to get to uh, Austin McMahon. But Austin McMahon in itself was just so well done. And they tried to do this authority figure type thing. You know, they've kind of stopped because there's really nobody. They're trying to answer to Adam Pierce. But I, I wish I swear 
the next authority, quote unquote, authority figure. They should peel back the curtain even more for WWE. I don't know what they're going to do with AEW because if they want to turn Tony Khan into like that slimy, swarmy type of owner who's who is basically just a rich kid. You know, they might as well just play off it if there's so many people that are like, oh, Tony Khan's just using his parents' money. Well, then Tony Khan should play off that and just be that asshole heel, which would be a different owner. I don't want any you know, of that stuff anymore. Do you? Like, are you guys tired of it a bit? Well, no. I, I mean, I want storylines. I do want storylines. Are you sick of authority you're, figures? You're sick of authority. We've been doing it since yeah. the 90s now. Like, I mean, you're, also, it works. not it even worked. the 90s. I don't think it's We've done works. it since the 80s. Like, do something different in AEW. Like, don't, like, do the same stuff over is what I'm saying. Anything different though, fucking is the shit. No, because they, they got to be right. creative. They got to have good execution. You know. <laughs> Agreed, but they're no. not going to because they fucking the people that are in there right now. There's no one that's it's doing the all anything friends like, wrestling. Fucking cool. Yeah, so it was WWE. WWE is just hey, we're getting paid fucking that's... billions of dollars. Let's do what they want us to do. It's just wrestling. Just isn't John fun Morrison anymore. is my fucking biggest problem with that. <clears throat> like he is just phoning it in for a paycheck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> rightfully so. I was gonna say Chiglo might not agree with you. You might like watching his matches. No, I no, I do. I love watching his matches, but just like yeah, his the character. character I mean, because I haven't seen matches, but his character just—it's so lame and lackluster. <laughs> Because, I mean, I don't know if I could – I won't speak for you guys. I'll speak for myself. But, like, when I'm watching wrestling, yeah, I want to see a good match here and there. But I fucking want to see – I don't watch wrestling to watch sweaty dudes touch each other. Sometimes I do, depending on the day. <laughs> but I, I, I want to watch because I'm watching for fucking characters. And I know a lot of these guys aren't their, aren't their selves in the ring like they all say, oh, I'm just being myself. Uh, no, you're, you're not. You're, you're playing off to someone. If I met you in public – you're not going to act like this to me. Act like if you're going to so be yourself in the ring, be yourself if a fucking fan came up to you and said, hey, John, give me this. Inter- can, I, can, I, can I get this? Can I get this? Can you sign this? Hey, man. And as they stink like shit and they have a fucking horrible <laughs> neck beard and a fucking horrible looking nose, be like, hey, can I get this autograph, man? Can I get this autograph? Like, let's see the anger come out of you when you've just worked fucking 15 to 20 minutes in a ring you fucking twisted your ankle. You're in pain. You just want to get a fucking burger from Sheets and maybe a slushy, and you just want to get back on the road and move on to the fucking next town in Connecticut or Boston or whatever. Be that guy. Be that guy that's like, I'm sick and tired of these fucking these fans coming in here and bothering me. All I want to do is get food. I, I work harder than any of you guys. Like, this could be a good heel gimmick. You know what I mean? Like, nobody thinks That'd about that great. stuff. Oh, Everyone's yeah. like, like, but then again, maybe it's up to the old man, and maybe he's the one that's saying, like, "Hey, this is uh, we're not gonna do this. We want you guys to jump around too." So I love that when New Day jumps around. You know? <laughs> well, then what's what's like, AEW's excuse? Because they're, they're not they could do that too. I mean, I don't see why they they don't. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like uh, everybody just gets hired off because they know so and so, and then then yeah. they also phone it in after they do. You know, they're all failed indie wrestlers. Not all of them. Like, like for example, the Butcher and the Blade, big, big, massive, fucking ugly, respectively so, ugly looking wrestlers. They're they're handsome young men, but you know what I mean. Like, they're guys that I believe that the the Butcher is gonna fucking cut me up because he looks crazy, <laughs> he, he looks does. insane. It's believable, and like you don't see him coming off and saying, you know, I love the Backstreet Boys or 
you know, try to like, he's not making you laugh. That's a legit badass dude character that I love watching him because he's just a fucking, he's just a scary looking guy. And he's not going to go online, but I'm really not the scary character that everyone thinks. I actually love crochet. <laughs> I hope not. Like, no, you're, you're not going to see that. And I hope they don't do that. That's the type of minimized kayfabe that we need that say, we believe by looking at this guy, he's got a fucking sick fucking mustache. He looks like he's literally cut up bodies and it's in his basement. Let's yeah, let's go with this guy. Let's go with this character. You know what yeah. I mean? So you don't got that. AEW has those characters, but with how much talent they have and how much women they have in the show that they're not really doing anything with. I mean, Maki Ito, she's fucking crazy. And I love that character. She's just this person that's learning that's learning English for the first time. And she's like, it's Makito or it's Maki time, motherfuckers. Like on Twitter, it's fucking great. It's like they're playing that sort of character that like maybe she is like that in real life. We don't know. And I and I know Cornette fucking hates it. <laughs> but it's just like it's one of those things where I dig it. I, I love that that character that they have going on with her, and I hope they continuously do something with that, even though she had a horrible spot on dynamite. But um it's just stuff like that. There's too many people like us. There's too many people like other wrestling podcasts and people on the internet that dissect everything piece by piece to hope to get a like, to hope to get a share because people think I'm right. People think I'm, I know this stuff because I watched it for so long. I'm expressing my views as a fan that knows what he likes. And if someone's going to do something like this, it is what it is. I can't change anything about it. I'm not going to go on and continuously fucking bog down the Twitter feed for uh, fucking Adam Pierce or something. Adam, you should do this with Roman. You should do this. Hey, Adam, what's your favorite thing? Hey, when you made this spot you did on SmackDown on uh, December 2020, I didn't really like it that much. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to say, you know, hopefully somebody goes back there that has a mind for wrestling that could get Vince to do this stuff. And maybe we'll see better wrestling. We're seeing great wrestling. I should say, say better storylines. I think the boys do pretty good in the ring. I mean, if they're not, if they, if they're getting trained and they're working on it, I, I think that shit only improves over time. So you're going to see a lot of green guys in AEW. They're going to be like, oh, they fucked that up. Oh, they fucked that. But it's like you know, they're just trying and like let them get over and then. If they do it enough times, they'll get better. I mean, you know. Exactly. But, like, I don't know. You're right. I think there does need to be more storylines. I think there needs to be better storylines. I think Ben's right, too. I think we're done with the – because Austin was the best one. They should just stop with the authority angles for both shows. And they are doing it with AEW. WWE is starting to do it a little bit with Adam Pearce. But, like, I was trying to go back to with the authority angle, they should just peel back the curtain – with WWE, I don't if if they have to have an authority figure, okay? And I'm saying they're twisting the fucking arm and they're saying get personal. We have to have an authority. No, 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 no. Make it like the producer. Make it like you know the creative you know what director like? or whatever. You know what I mean? Make, make it make it a fuck. Even they could say a writer's assistant, and it's be like what the, what do they mean by writer's assistant? What does that mean? you know? What are they doing here? Why why did do we fully? Why, why did why did fucking? Here's the thing. Bruce Pritchard comes out on one episode of Raw and it says it says executive producer Bruce Pritchard. And you're like, what the fuck is this? This isn't like an owner. This isn't like, you know, they do. They do do talent relations. They had that with John Laurinaitis. 
But I mean, like, if they had executive producer or, you know, associate producer or, you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, what do these titles mean? Like, what the fuck? The assistant to the assistant. You know, or the assistant to the regional manager. (laughs) Sales director. You know, it could be kind of interesting I've never seen is have an athletic commission, you know. Whoa. Wow, that would be fucking have cool. Like, because they had those. Back have in the like day. five guys and make it old legends and make them the athletic commission and like matches they'll review them. Like if a, a fucking Fuck something it. goes weird, they'll review it. You take it to the athletic that's, commission, and that's, that's who, AEW. They that's who, they, that. who decides it. I think it would be cool concept. Like kind of like you know how they wow. have state athletic commissions, but just have one that's kayfabe, but inside the WWE that's or different. AEW. I've never seen it. That's fucking good, and to actually and give them social TV. media. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people view shit online, so you could have Arn Anderson, AEW's exactly, athletic, athletic director. director. Mm-hmm. Fucking perfect. That's the number That's one. Awesome, That's the number dude. one of the group. And then there's five people. So if there ever has to be a vote, and you could do this all legit, they could actually vote on a match. So there's five guys. They vote on it. And you get a winner because there's five. You know, kind of like like a commissioner. Like how that was back in the, the but even with the commissioner, 2000s. there was only one. But like you'd have, like you said, like right. a group, like a like you know, yeah, a group, a committee. Mm-hmm. Wow, that would be cool. I've never seen yeah, that either. Have we seen? We've seen like heads of the network come on, but we, but have right. we all? But have we seen? Like did TNA ever do that where like somebody came out and their title was executive producer? Eric Bischoff was always executive no. vice president, but that was a EVP. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like they should. I love your idea for an authority, quote unquote, authority figure would just be this 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 table of of five people, and like you said, old legends that that. Oh my god! Oh my god! If you touch them, yeah, you're done. That's you're never done. been done before. But that, but also that's never been done before. Like I mean, yes, it has, but it, because like that happened with Gorilla Monsoon. But like then you'd have that angle where one wrestler, like a Dean Ambrose, say, gets fed up with like say. Fucking J.J. Dillon or Arn Anderson. You know what I mean? Why do you say J.J. Dillon's name like <laughs> Because that? I was questioning if he was still alive. J.J. Dillon. Is he still alive? <laughs> That's why he, I said his name like that because the middle of my he brain. He is still alive. The middle of my he brain looks, looks like, is he still moving? J.J. <laughs> Dillon looks the same way he did back in the 80s. It's but fucking I mean, insane. I know what you're saying, Michael, and I understand. I like yeah. that. But I don't want them touch. I want them professional. I want it to be old legends like in suits. Yes. I, they're never going to be touched, and it's going to be very professional, like an athletic contest. Like, you know how WWE is going towards that ESPN vibe anyway? That's what they yeah. need to pick up on, an athletic commission. Just just a uh, different kind of idea. And they're not going to preside and do that. strange stuff where they make matches that are unfair. They're never going to do that stuff. Matches are just going to happen, and it, it will be taken to them if there's something that can't be decided by a referee. Review the tape. Or, I don't know. Let's take this yeah. back to the or, commission. Yeah. yeah. Final like set. how the UFC picks yeah, their sort of, fighters. Just like that. Like how they pick their their and winners I like the, in the ranking fights. stuff. If it's not they a complete take knockout, that stuff from UFC mm-hmm. a little bit more. Like AEW is doing, they should rank wrestlers. There's so many things you could do to change the business a little bit to make it a little bit more exciting, a little bit more realistic and driven storylines. It's very easy. <laughs> the rankings don't nothing. Mean shit, it's AEW, so stupid. Like. They they don't care. But they throw them out yep. there. So I don't understand why they throw them out bullshit. there. If they don't, just so they could have. Care. Is that is that what we'd called lazy yeah. book? Yep. No. <laughs> maybe i mean it could also be another thing where tony khan saying i'm not getting into the whole role of you know authority versus wrestlers and blah 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 it could be this motherfucker just saying that and having the rankings maybe they have some sort of a master plan where they're like yeah i created the rankings but 
when it comes down to it, I'm the one that books it all. And it could be just all a part of his character that they're building up for, that they're going to say, Tony, this is your company. You're going to be the, the, the bad guy and all this different type of stuff. And you could say this, you could say that. We have this on your back pocket. That's just wishful thinking. Yeah. But I know, as you guys said, you're over the authority figure. I think the way I look at it, if the authority figure is going to be a good storyline, I'm all for it. But if it's going to be a lackluster piece of dog shit, nah, just go on to something different. But we're coming up on the end of our show. Before, here. One thing I, yeah, before you, I mean, I don't want to end end the show yet. But if you want to say what no, you want to say, not yeah, at go all. ahead. Do what you're going to do. I was just going to ask you guys. Uh, we were talking about it before our break, I believe. It was about the whole uh, MGF. Oh, uh, that thing. as well. There's another AEW tidbit of information, but let's talk about that. The Horseman kind of style group he's forming. Yeah, let's, before we do that, we could end on those things. The other thing I wanted to end, just because I wanted to kind of keep this podcast a little Austin-centric, because probably it's going to be some sort of Austin. There's some Austin theme going through it, but we could end it here with the Austin theme. Is a big question that I had is now where Stone Cold is. Do you, either of you guys think that he would ever go to AEW? Or would he fit in AEW? I don't know which question you guys want to answer, but to just kind of end that this theme that we're doing, this is kind of an Austin-centric episode. Um, do you think like Austin could fit in AEW, or do you think he could do something with AEW? Uh, I'll take the answer there. I'll say yes. I think Austin, man, what a what a fucking breakthrough that would be. The literally the face of WWE goes over and he's not going to be talent per se, but I could see, I mean, it makes me think, would he go the certain amount of money if they were throwing it at him? I think he would say, hell yeah. But um, uh, what would you do with him? Uh, he can't wrestle. He doesn't want to do, unless he's going to do like Jim Ross, like interviews, like what he had with Kane, like he had with Mankind. If you got interviews like that, because he's he's that's his forte now. He loves interviewing people. Um, but like, what do you what, what are you gonna do with him? Are you gonna have him as like the next big show, or it really depends on what you do with the man? But man, the name Stone Cold in AEW that would be like the the equivalent, in my opinion, of how buzzy WCW got when Hulk Hogan turned heel. Okay, I could, I could definitely, yeah. Like I going back to, just for me to answer it really quick. I, I don't know uh, what they could do with Austin, just because like Austin in his heyday, I think would fit maybe okay with AEW. But Austin now, like you said, maybe if they just used him, we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he's going to interview the talent. And it, but but when they do inter- interview this talent, it's like the. AEW equivalent of a WrestleMania when they have this interview going on. You know what I mean? Austin can interview mm-hmm. like MJF. I, whether they're in character or not is a different story. I don't know. Um, but like he could just carry on that podcast and just kind of do maybe like that type of announcing thing where it's like his own show. You know what I mean? Uh, right. But I mean, what about you, Ben? Do you think do you think Austin would fit or do you think Austin would go to AEW. One of the when AEW first launched, I always thought of like what character or what jump could happen to make that same impact that happened when Hogan jumped in '94. 
And that was the only character I thought that could really like change their business. So you give it two years with AEW and if they could score Austin, that's great. I think he would have jumped. However, the one of the first things that happened when AEW got that TV deal is Vince McMahon uh, like solidified a deal, a new deal with Austin. It was like a five year mm. new deal. He was going to be involved in all kinds of projects and it was like put out on the WWE, like, you know, their platforms and stuff. So he made sure he got him wrapped up because that was the one star he could never, ever lose. The Rock's the other one. However, The Rock kind of transcends the business at this point. Like, I don't think he's yeah. ever going to go back and work for wrestling. He's just so such a mega star. He would only go back to the WWE because it's the biggest one. He's never going to go to the AEW. There's not a, He's not going to be a main state wrestler. You know what I'm saying? So to answer your question, yeah. I think Austin would go. What they would do with him, just put him face-to-face with the legends. Put him face-to-face with Sting. Put him face-to-face with Jericho. Have some shoves. You know, I'm sure he could do a clothesline. Do that kind of stuff. But do the interview stuff you guys were talking about. But that's where the kind of friction and stuff should stem from where he's going to be able to be used as a on-screen performer and plus that rain that name recognition on tnt oh my goodness you couldn't even write checks to make that kind of money you know what i'm saying so no, it that, works. that buzz would be right. so high yeah yeah so okay no that ends the austin portion of our podcast so happy 316 y'all uh hell oh, yeah. hell yeah so what was the two big news that we want to talk about with aew you said the mgaf formation if you will uh, all i gotta say is i watched dynamite and I, i've been seeing myself turning in a turning a tuning into dynamite only because i feel like i've seen everything i possibly could see on nxt i'll flick back and forth occasionally but I something about AEW, I just like to watch that live because it gives me that WCW vibe about when I used to watch that to see if anything would crazy would happen. And it's generally speaking, it's usually the end of the show that AEW does it right that I make sure I don't miss because they have something crazy happen. And over this past week uh, on Wednesday, they uh, they had like it was like a GTV moment. It was great. If you remember GTV from the Attitude Era where they would cut in a camera um, that they had in the room. Um, like, I think it was like Mark Henry saying that he slept with Mae Young or something, or she, they, he popped out of the covers or whatever. Um, but they had uh, Sammy Guevara come out and said, Chris, you never listen to me. You need to watch this. Watch this. I'm telling you, man, watch this video. They go up to the screen. You see Sammy Guevara put his camera in the um, – into the locker room that they're all at. And then MJF is in there talking about how tonight's the night boys. We're going to turn on him, or we're going to turn, we're going to kick him out. And this is going to be my faction. And then MJF, because they were already talking about saying how they needed to cut, I guess, costs for the inner circle. And they needed to kick some people out. And it was funny because the way it was set up is that they had, Jericho on one side with everyone and MJF was on the other. And then next thing you know, everyone went on MJF's side. And then what had happened is that when Jericho thought that he was going to get turned on, then he, the guys came back on his side and MJF was by himself and they were going to beat the piss out of him. And then they said, please, please. He, He played the character so fucking well. This gave my appreciation for MJF times 100 because he did this fucking fantastic. It's, it was good storytelling. 
They had him say, please, please don't beat me. Uh, you know, you guys have you, while you guys were trying to do this with your inner circle, and then he went with like a serious face. He's like, I built Mayan. And then the lights went out. And then fucking, what was it? FTR, uh, Ty Dillinger, fucking Colonel Sanders, a.k.a. Tully Blanchard <laughs> was in there. And they beat the fucking piss out of them. Wardlow beat the fuck out. It was just so well done and so well executed. I was like, that is how you finish yep, a fucking that is. episode. It was hot. That it was a, such a hot finish. And then they, they and it's something that they could now they have these factions. They could build mm-hmm. off of this for months and nice, months. Nice and finish. Months. And it's nice finish, great booking. And it's one of those things where it's not like what what's gonna happen next. We know what's gonna happen, but what the fuck is gonna happen yeah. is the question. Well done. AW, in my opinion, won Definitely. this week for With sure. That. If there was like a war thingy, check mark for who wins, AW got that week because it was They so pulled the well trigger done. on like a thing we've been waiting to have happen, and it's finally happened. Now we have it. You know, it finally all came, came to down. Fruition. We didn't know who was going to be mm-hmm. in that new horseman faction, but it's there, you know? It was one of those things where it was like, man, you thought MJF yeah. was going to get his ass beat. You're like, oh, fuck him. The inner circle sticks together. And then he's like, yeah, well, I built my own inner circle. And then it was just so fucking good. It was like I sat there. I was like, holy shit. This is the first time in a long time. And I was like, this guy was going to turn. And then, no, this guy actually <laughs> turned on them because he's got his own fucking faction now. It was just He was so trying good. to kill him from the inside. Like MJF had it was such a good plan. And the way they put it off on TV, it all worked together. All I got to say is right now they need to take some fucking notes on old WWF from the Attitude Era and 2000 to 2002. Those vignettes right now, if you're going to set up an MJF versus Jericho, their next big pay-per-view, their WrestleMania-like pay-per-view, you got to do it with everything that had happened. That's yes. got to be the main event. It has to be. Be killer. It really would. So, And the last little piece, uh, Omega and Rich Rick. Rich Swan for the Impact title is going to happen. Do you think Omega is going to steal that get mm-hmm. that belt? Mm, I think I they're going to drop so. it to they're him. That's insane. Swan. Well, Swan has it, right? Well, yeah, they're not going to give him. No, is it belt, belt for belt right? or is it just for? Is not. I thought it was. I thought it was just champion versus champion. But I mean, if if the winner takes the belt, whoever, I, yeah, I mean, the, I Omega's going to win. Title, what the hell? I think is happening. Over on Impact, like how? Because I'm seeing what's <laughs> happening on the AEW side, but like, is in like because Mark Callis is uh, is a heel, quote unquote, promoter. D- does he not like anybody in Impact? Like, is he just he doesn't like his brand? He likes the AEW brand He's better. With Omega, it's all about Omega. It's not really about where it's he just is. Omega. It's not like AEW versus no. And now they're Impact. calling it's... Kenny the Collector, which I love. That I think that's fucking awesome. And he's gonna he's gonna collect all right. these belts, so that could be pretty cool. Good to see on national definitely, television, and he's gonna go sure. all around the horn and have all these titles. And wouldn't it just be amazing if somehow he gets to wrestle for the WWE title? He wouldn't win it, but I just imagine how they would like pull the trigger on something. Hey, I think Trips was the only one that said, "Hey, I you know I'd be open with working with other promotions." I don't know if that was supposedly supposed to be AEW or if he just meant like New Japan but but I mean like you know if Triple H is in there and he wants to do it I think they you know they should give it a go I don't think Vince will uh, because it doesn't 
Because I think he's of the mindset that he doesn't know who it's supposed to help. He did it once with ECW. He tried to get, you know, and ECW was pretty much just their enhancement. It was their NXT at the time. Whether we knew it or not, it was pretty much where they were pulling talent from. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, you know what I mean? Now where it could be AEW versus NXT, maybe hurting NXT and some sort of ratings, quote-unquote, war. We just can't have wrestling you know, on every channel, we have to have competition between the brands. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it, I think Triple H should be more open to it than, say, Vince McMahon. Agreed. Hey, guys, I uh, I want to kind of try to make what I'm about to say here a uh, a weekly or monthly thing. I think what the world needs is they need quotes. They need life quotes that they could tattoo on themselves or – it's just some sort of like confidence boosters. Um, and I think um, we were thinking before we started the show tonight, what better guy to go to for inspiration than definitely, the Iron Sheik? Definitely. One of our favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Friend of the show. Yeah. So, friend of the show. Yes. <laughs> friend of the show. I have two quotes. One that I think everyone really needs to, uh, to listen to. And that's uh, in caps lock, by the way. Take a minute of your day to be nice to someone, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> My mom tells me that all the time. That is he says those words. Those words. That's something that needs to be put above yeah. a door frame in cursive with I like stars Live, on. Live, laugh, it. love, and you know. And be nice, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> and now the next one I think we need to have for for tonight, with everything going on in the world, I think. Uh, I think it's best said when he when the man said, "If anybody spin me right round, baby, right round, I swear to Jesus, I break their fucking necks." <laughs> wow! Well. So, I think I think we all need to stay away from each other. Yeah. Uh, also in cursive. With stars. Also in cursive. Yes. With stars. So those are the nice bits of advice, bits of nice wordings from our. Our Lord and Savior, the Iron Sheik. We're going to make a Bible and it's going to be all these quotes that he said on Twitter. <laughs> Thank she you, Shiki quotes. Baby. The absolute man. Yeah, we love you, Shiki Baby. Sheik, uh 316 says, <laughs> be nice to someone else, you dumb I son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we make you very humble. But, uh, boys, I mean, is there anything else you guys wanted to add to the show? No, tonight, I think or? that's it. Yeah, I think we're good. I think so, too. Uh, ben, you got no, anything we're going to go ad free this week. Ad free. Oh damn. shit. Mikey. No, just, uh, just be nice to each other. <laughs> sons of bitches. That's, that's all I want to say. <laughs> all right. Well, um, what I'd like to promote is, uh, our Facebook fuck that page, page. Right. Uh, <laughs> whoa, no, fuck, fuck well, the square circle. Everyone's right. fucked no. the square circle. Oh. For. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, got a lot of circle. PDs. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but, uh, yeah, wrestling or whatever Facebook page. Give us a give us a shout out. Um, <laughs> give us a like. Come visit our come, come visit our page. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Why are they apologizing? But, <laughs> that's what they do. That's what they do at wrestling. Whatever they apologize for nothing. Uh, no, come like our page and comment stuff on there if you'd like, and put some sheet quotes on there, or just put a fucking picture of uh, Bob Backlund and the leotard. We'd like that too. Uh, 
or a picture of Hardcore Holly with that giant gash in his back. Oh, I still fuck. have that image in my mind. Um, I'm gonna say that image of Hardcore there, Holly uh, fronting that mullet. There is a little piece that's, of information. Uh, Molly Holly is the first inductee to the Hall of Fame of 2021. Yes, she was supposed to be in it last year, so I think they're actually oh, doing awesome. that this year. So that's why another reason why Bulldogs in it too. Yep. So good for oh, him. Oh God, do I have to? Say, I'm um, not gonna say who else was in it. Oh but please, the don't. Bella Twins. Sorry. You can love, but <laughs> you can't bum. touch. JBL too. Oh, JBL's who? getting nice. this year. I like that. Yeah. JBL, friend of the show, at your disposal. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Please get your CVS stock. Um, but yeah, wrestling or whatever at uh, Facebook and on the Twitters uh, at wrestling and we. Yeah, wrestling and no, it's, and yeah, it's, yeah, wrestling and we. Um, so that's me, J Glow. This is Mikey Dangerously and the Ben Wayne. <laughs>